Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, today we're moving on to chapter eight of our novel. Um, so again, we'll begin with some new vocabulary. And um, the first word is cantering. So you might remember this back when we did our chapter on horses in The Green Genie. And um, we said that canter is a three beat gait. So it sounds like this. So it's kind of like between a jog and a run for a horse, then you sit into the saddle and you're cantering. Uh, twiglets. So twiglets are they're a snack that um, you can buy them in the UK. I'm not sure if you can get them here. Um, they're very crunchy and they're kind of like a cross between a cracker and a crisp. Um, and they look like twigs, so they're called twiglets. Uh, publisher. So a company that publishes books. So the novel that we're reading is published by a company called Random House Group and they're part of Penguin Publishers. So have a look at the books you have at home and see if you can figure out who the publishers are. The changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. So Buckingham Palace is in London and that's where the Queen and the Royal Family live. And every day they have the changing of the guard and that's when the Queen's guards change shift. So basically their day's work is over and they're changing over and a different set of guards are going to take over. Uh, it's, just, it's a real spectacle to watch. So if you haven't seen it, you could Google it and have a look and see what happens. It's kind of a special ceremony. Uh, anytime I'm in London visiting my brother, I love to go to Horse Guards Parade and see the, the changing of the Queen's lifeguards because they have loads of beautiful horses in that as well. Madame Tussauds. So Madame Tussauds is the Wax Museum in London. I'm sure you've been to the Wax Museum in Dublin as well. And the last word for today is planetarium. So that's um, a bit like a gallery or a museum. And if you go to the planetarium, you can learn lots about the solar system, about all the stars and all the planets. Okay, so let's get started then. So Harriet's Hair by Dick King Smith, Chapter 8. Harriet was cantering breeze across a stretch of downland when she saw a hare behaving in an odd way. It was leaping round and round in a circle, kicking up its heels. As she drew near, the hare stopped this strange behaviour and sat awaiting her, so she knew it must be Wiz. Whatever are you doing? she said. Just skipping about, said Wiz. Why? Joy de vie. Is that French? Oui. What does it mean? The joy of living. I'm just glad to be alive, said Wiz. I'm glad I, I shan't see you dead standing upright in a bottle, thought Harriet. You wouldn't look like a hare, of course. You'd look like a Persian. And I'm quite glad I don't know what Persians look like. But you're not going to die for ages, are you, Wiz? She said. Hope not, said the hare. I want to cram in a lot more happy holidays before I'm bottled. To Earth? Perhaps. To Longhanger Farm? Who knows? If I don't return for some time, you won't be here anymore. You'll be living somewhere else, married probably with a pack of kids. Have you got any children, Wiz? On pause, you mean? Yeah. No. Well, you couldn't possibly have any children on earth, could you now? Said Harriet. But the hare did not reply. 
Harriet sighed. It's a funny thing about holidays, she said, but once you get about halfway through them, the rest of the time simply flies. Before you know it, I'll be back at school and you'll have gone. The next full moon is on September the 1st. That's less than a couple of weeks away now. Time for lots of surprises, said Will. As usual, he was right. To begin with, on the very next day, Harriet had three new egg customers. We can't have anything eggy to eat today, Dad, she said to her father. I've sold them all. The pullet's eggs as well. Yes, I charge much less for them, of course, because they're still rather small. Quite the businesswoman. Yes, but I'm worried about my first customer. Suppose she wants some. Jessica Lambert, do you mean? Harriet nodded. Well, she'll have to buy some from the village shop. I'll tell her. I'm going down there this evening. What for? To thank her for the picture of the hair, of course. You coming? Calling on Mrs. Lambert, where are you duck? Said Mrs. Whisker next morning. How did you know? Said Harriet. Mrs. Whisker gave one of her screams. She don't drive a Land Rover, she said. And there was one parked outside the old turnpike cottage yesterday evening. Any road, I seen coming out. Hour and 23 minutes you was there. Nice, was it? Yes, said Harriet. She showed me all the books she's written. She does the pictures too, you know. Like that one of the hair you got in the sitting room. You don't miss much, Mrs. Whisker, do you? said Harriet. Only my late lamented husband, said Mrs. Whisker with another screech. One thing you don't know, thought Harriet, is that Dad's asked Mrs. Lambert to supper this coming Saturday. And he's going to cook seven hour lamb. And I'm going to make fresh fruit salad. And I'm going to be allowed to stay up really late. The weather was perfect that Saturday evening, August 21st. They sat out in the warmth of the old walled garden at the back of the farmhouse and Mrs Lambert and Harriet's father drank wine and Harriet drank coke and Bran ate twiglets in the sunshine. Almost the first thing that happened was that Mrs Lambert said to Harriet in the nicest way with the nicest smile, Harriet. You are to stop calling me Mrs. Lambert. Do you understand? Yes, Jessica, said Harriet, and they all laughed comfortably. And the seven-hour lamb with lots of vegetables from the garden was beautifully tender, and the fresh fruit salad with lots of cream was perfectly delicious, and everybody happily ate too much. Time you went to bed, Hat, said John Butler at last. But Dad, you promised I could stay up really late. You already have, said her father. It's gone 11 o'clock. In bed, Harriet lay and thought how strange it was to hear the murmur of voices in the room below and how nice it was to think that Dad had someone to talk to. A little later, she heard the voices outside below her open window. Thank you so much, John. It's been a perfect evening, said one voice. Thank you for coming, Jessica, said the other. 
Then, after a little pause, Harriet heard a car door shut and an engine start. The noise of it fell away as the car went down the hill and Harriet fell asleep. When she woke next morning, there was the hare sitting beside the bed. How did you get here? she said. Sparrow again, said Wheels. I couldn't be bothered with anything fancy. Just called to see how your supper party went. How did you know? Harriet asked. You're worse than Mrs Whisker. I know lots of things that you don't know I know, said Wiz. Like what's going to happen next Thursday, for example. What is going to happen next Thursday? A surprise. I told you there'd be surprises. Harriet looked at the calendar hanging on the wall by her bed. Next Thursday's the 26th, she said, but she found she was talking to a sparrow that cheeped at her and flew out of the window. Later that morning, the phone rang. Longhanger Farm, said Harriet. Oh, Harriet, it's Jessica. Is your father there? No, he's out in the yard somewhere. It oh, doesn't matter. You can ask him later. The thing is, I've got to go up to London to see my publishers this week and I wondered if you'd like to come with me. We could go and see some of the sights and generally have a day out, if you'd like to. I'd love to, Jessica, said Harriet. I'll ask Dad if I can. What day? Thursday. That's the 26th. Do you want to go? Harriet's father said when she asked him. Oh, yes, please. You like Jessica, don't you? Of course, don't you? John Buffy smiled. You give her a ring, he said, and tell her it's okay by me. I'm sure you'll have a lovely day. And they did. On the 26th, Jessica collected Harriet really early in the morning. They drove to the station and got on the train, something Harriet had hardly ever done before. Then, when they reached London, Harriet was taken into the publisher's office where they made a fuss of her. And then they saw the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace and had a lovely lunch and went to Madame Tussauds and, last of all, to the planetarium, where Harriet looked in vain for the planet Pars. It's too far away, she said to herself. They haven't discovered it yet. I'm the only person who knows about it. By the time they arrived back at Longhanger Farm, the afternoon milking was finished and the herd was coming down the trackway, Bluebell at the head, Bran and his master behind. They waited until the cows had gone past and then got out of the car and crossed the lane to join the farmer and lean on the gate, watching the big black and white animals fanning out across the sunlit meadow. Good day, Hat, asked Harriet's father. It was smashing, Daddy, said Harriet, and she told him all the things they'd done. How about you, Jessica, said John Booker. How were things at your publishers? Well, they seem to like my latest story. What's it about, Jessica, asked Harriet. A hare. Doing that little picture for you gave me some ideas. Talk of the devil, said the farmer, and he pointed out into the field. There, they saw, was a hare 
leaping round and round in a circle, kicking up its heels. I wonder why it's behaving like that, said Jessica. I don't know, said John. I do, said Harriet. It's joy de vie. So that's chapter eight, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, slong the fool.